Well, this morning, I really want to focus in through our series on what the Bible has to say in regards to how love is not easily angered. And one interesting observation I made as I was preparing this message is that this is now the second message in a row that Pastor Larry has asked me to preach to you all about anger. So I don't know if he's trying to tell me something or if that's you something. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But in all seriousness, if I'm being vulnerable, I think that we all just came out of one of the most traumatic, one of the most emotional, one of the most stressful and difficult seasons of our lives. And that season is called Black Friday. It's a time where the day before we slave in the kitchen for hours upon hours to create this meal that we can just share in fellowship with our loved ones. And we invite people from far and wide to come and sit at our tables that we can just engage because we love them and we want to invest in them and talk with them. And it's here that we're enjoying our meals, that we're laughing, but as soon as six o'clock hits, it's just like ghost town. People get up and they just leave because they're going to go and stand in lines at stores because they love you and they want to buy your Christmas gifts at a discounted price because they love you. And you get in line and you're kind of making friends with the people next to you because what else do you do in line? But you never tell them what you're buying, right? Because that's like a Black Friday no-no. But you're talking to them, you're telling them about your family and just how much you love them. And then the doors open and beast mode is activated, right? It's like the Hulk comes out. You see people like crowd surfing, throwing punches everywhere. And it's in the middle of this, by the way, Matt Vargo and I got to experience this, this Black Friday. In the midst of this, I can't help but as a Christian, look out and say, how on earth is love not easily angered? Because everybody is here because they love someone or they love themselves so much that they want to buy themselves gifts. And that love is supposed to be peaceful, but I definitely did not see a lot of peace. I saw a lot of anger that was presented. And it strikes me as odd, and I have a hard time reconciling it because I truly do believe that anger is one of the most misinterpreted and misunderstood emotions of all of the human emotions that we have. And I can't tell you how many people that I've encountered in my time in ministry as a pastor who have said, Matt, I struggle because as a Christian, I don't know if it's right or not for me to be angry. Is it a sin for me to feel anger, to express my anger? How do I reconcile all of that? And so this morning, I want to kind of focus in on this and present an alternate viewpoint that we wouldn't necessarily look at getting angry in and of itself as a sin, but rather see it as a trait, as a tool that God has given us to help us truly process through some of the difficult times of our lives. And it is something that's been given to us by God. I mean, even God himself got angry. And if you don't believe that, all you have to do is open up to pretty much any book in the Old Testament. And you'll see story after story after story of some situation that occurs that God steps in and we see his anger unfold. And let me tell you, I never want to be on the opposite side of that anger. But we see his anger unfold. And if we can learn anything from scripture, if we learn anything from God, it's the fact that there are times in life when it's okay to feel angry, when it's okay to have these feelings because anger can be an expression of love. And that's not the problem. The managing of our anger isn't the sin. Managing is a good thing. It helps us in our relationships. It helps us in our careers and our ministries. We need to be more active in managing our anger. The sin comes when we start to express it in inappropriate ways. And this is difficult for us because we all grew up and we go through our lives not knowing how to deal with the anger that exists. 
We don't know how we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to leash, unleash, or how we're supposed to react when we feel angry. Because the world has only taught us that when we get angry, we get punished. That bad things happen when we get angry, but nobody ever taught you how to deal with your anger. And because nobody taught you, we now live in a time when psychiatrists call this is the age of rage. To where if you don't get what you want, if you feel angry, if you feel frustrated, if you feel sad, if you feel these emotions building up inside, you do whatever it takes to make yourself feel better at any cost to get angry at the other person. An eye for an eye, revenge is the dish, you know, that we actually serve with one another. And we enact upon this age of rage and it's heartbreaking. We see it in the news. We see it in the media. We see it surrounding our lives every single day. And this is what kids are growing up in this age of rage because nobody knows how to effectively deal with it. The church never taught it to you. Your parents never taught it to you. Schools don't teach it to you. Your businesses don't teach it to you. So how do we manage our sin? We keep looking to the world for answers, but I hate to break this. The world doesn't know the answer. The only place that we can truly find help in managing our anger is through scripture. And there are so many amazing passages in the Bible that help us understand truly what's going on behind the anger, behind the rage that we feel. In fact, it tells us that there's really two different types of people when you really get angry. There's the kind of person that kind of shelters themselves away, that kind of shrinks back into their turtle shell and kind of huffs and puffs quietly in the corner. They don't want to disturb anybody. They don't want anybody to touch them. Don't want to interact with anybody. It's just, I'm here. I want to be angry. Let me be angry. And if you're not there, then you're on the other side where you're like the Mount Suvius of angry people where you just explode and it's messy and it's dramatic, it's loud, it's violent, and you just make a scene. And what I find the most ironic is that God loves to take these two people and marry them together, right? (laughs) He's like, hey, watch this. This is going to be great, right? I see some of you poking like, you're the loud one, right? In the audience, but it's so true. And no matter where you find yourself this morning, you're no stranger to anger. You're no stranger to these feelings because it's something that every single one of us deals with. You know, the American Psychological Association, or the APA, released a study in 2016 that looked at cognitive behavioral issues when it comes to anger. They took a really in-depth look at what are some of the triggers, the cause and effects, and some of the results when it comes down to angry and patterns and trends. And I found this study really fascinating, and I wanted to present five of their facts or their findings to you this morning. Look at these. First one says this, the average woman loses her temper three times a week, while the average male loses his temper six times a week. So right off the bat, men were more prone to anger. Second thing they said is this, women get more often angry at people while men get more angry at things. Guys, can you agree with that, right? I see some of you are like, yep, I've been there, right? We get angry at things. And if you even were to step and go a little bit deeper, men, sometimes we get angry at women because we treat them as a thing. It's pretty crazy when you start to look at the deeper underlying levels there. Third thing is this, single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. Now, I thought this would have been switched the other way around, but I was really shocked to find this. The, fourth, or the fifth one, the last one that I saw was this. Men are far more physical in their anger than women. So guys, this is not looking good for us. We're more prone to get angry at random objects. <laughs> We're more violent, more frequently during the week, and we get violent when we get angry, right? I'm sorry, there's one more, and it says this. You're more likely to express anger at home than anywhere else. These are some pretty interesting findings. 
some pretty interesting results. And as we can see, every single one of us has to deal with anger. And if you want to have a successful life, if you want to have a successful marriage, a successful relationship or a career or a ministry, you've got to learn how to manage your anger, how to deal with these feelings when they come up, how to process through it all. Like I said, we go to the world, but the world doesn't have the answers for us. I truly believe that only scripture has, and this is what I want to look at this morning, to look at what God says about how to tame your temper. And I want us to focus from the book of Proverbs because there are so many wise sayings that help us truly understand what anger is all about, about why we're getting angry and kind of what are some steps that we can take to work through or to process through the anger that we're feeling. So if you look at your notes outline or if you have your app downloaded in the today section, find your electronic copy of the bulletin. I invite you to follow along with me this morning. The first bulletin that we see this is God says, if you want to actually learn to manage your anger, you must resolve to manage it. You must resolve. If you want to tame your temper, you must resolve to manage it. Simply what this is saying is you've got to stop saying, I can't control it. Because you know what? Anger is a choice. Just like love is a choice. You choose to get angry or not. And I hear people all the time say, man, that person makes me so angry. Yeah, they can make you frustrated. They can make you upset. They can make you disappointed. But you are the only one that has the power to truly let them affect you or not. To truly feel that anger inside of you. It's a choice. And you have so much more control over this choice than you could ever possibly imagine. For instance, let's say that you've been at work all day and you've just had a terrible day. Maybe you've had to fire someone or give someone a coaching or you're in a customer service job and people have just been yelling at you all day. You're exhausted. The last thing that you want to do is do work or talk and you come home and you just collapse into your chair and your spouse comes in and like, hey, I really need you to walk the cats. I need you to feed the kids. I need you to do this or do that. Do the dishes, take out the trash and you just get angry. It's like, I just want my moment of peace. And you say one simple phrase that ruins the rest of your life. That phrase is, you do nothing all day. Why didn't you do it? Right? <laughs> And then it starts this massive argument where before you know it, you're both standing up and you're yelling at each other. Your body posture is closed off. You're tight. Your fists are clenched. Your teeth are grinding. You're in an argument. It's heated. It's loud. It's violent. And then the phone rings. And you pick up that phone. Hello? Oh, yes. Honey, it's your mother, right? What happened? Why was there such a dramatic change? It's because you chose to not let to not let your anger affect you in that moment. You see, it's a choice and you have the power whether or not to choose how you're going to respond, what you're going to do in every single one of these moments. And if you find yourself at this point when you're frustrated, when you're tense, you've already lost the battle. You have to choose to manage it ahead of time. Look what it says in Proverbs 29, 11. It says, a foolish man gives free reign to his anger, but a wise man waits and lets it grow cold. See, wait, it's a choice. It's a responsibility. It's you saying, I am choosing not to let this bother me. See, because if you find yourself where your fists are already clenched, that your teeth are grinding, that your blood is boiling, that your muscles are tense, you've already lost the battle. Anger has already taken root in your heart. But you have to be willing to go into each day and to each situation and say, today I am choosing not to let this bother me. Today I am choosing, even though I know I'm going to be in a tough situation, I'm going to be around people I don't like, I'm going to be in a meeting that I don't want to be in, I am choosing to not get angry. 
See, it's a choice and we have to learn how to manage that anger if we want to live a successful life. The second thing that we read from scripture is this. It says, if you want to tame your temper, you must remember the cost of it. You must remember the cost of it. See, when you remember the cost of your uncontrolled anger, you're going to be more motivated to manage it because you're going to be least likely to act out aggressively if you know that it comes with such a heavy price tag. You know, Bible says in Proverbs 29:22, a hot-tempered man gets into all kinds of trouble. And I could go on and on and on about what this all kinds of trouble means. It's different for every person, but it's so true. Every time we get angry, it costs us something. And continuing on in the book of Proverbs, there are multiple verses that allude to the power that anger has over you and the things that it causes you or costs you. Listen to some of these real quick. Hot tempers, they cause arguments. You're fighting with each other. Anger causes mistakes where you start to make bad choices. People with hot tempers do foolish things. I don't know about you, but I can relate to every single one of those scriptures. Every single one of those things hits home with me. Because when I'm angry, it makes me lash out in a way that I feel like I can't control almost. And when I lash out and I'm trying to assert power or whatever it may be, I'm starting to sacrifice. I'm starting to place things in jeopardy that didn't have to be placed in jeopardy. And it could potentially lead me to doing something I'm going to say or I'm going to do that I'm going to regret and I may not have the power to change. That I may not be able to reverse and see it in another way. Proverbs 11.29 says, The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. See, you always lose when you lose your anger. What do you lose? You lose respect. You lose your reputation. You lose the love of your family. You can lose your family. You can lose your job. You can lose that sale. You can lose that dream. You're so much that you can lose. You can even lose your health. And there's so much truth behind that one because I hear people say all the time, man, that person is such a pain in my and fill in your favorite anatomy part, right? But it's so true because when you swallow this anger, when you deal with this anger, your stomach keeps score. Our bodies were never meant to handle anger. It was never meant to handle holding all of this and it starts to destroy us from the inside out. And I am so confident that we have it backwards. It's not the things that you eat in this world that kill you. It's the things that eat at you. It's the things that tear you apart from the inside out, like anger, like grudges, like frustration, like all these things that you keep built up inside that you don't know how to release, that you don't know what to do with it. So we have to remember that anger always comes with a very heavy price tag. And sometimes that cost is more than we can bear. It can cost things that we can never get back. So we have to learn how to manage it. We have to learn to remember what it's going to cost us. And the third thing we see is this. We need to reflect before we react on it. To reflect before we react on it. Simply, this means to watch what you say. Anger management is so strongly tied to word management. If you can watch your words, you'll be able to watch your anger and everything that you say. Bible tells us it's foolish to respond impulsively to anything. We need to let there be a delay, a processing time before we just jump the gun and respond. In Proverbs 29, 11, once again, it says, the foolish man gives free reign to his anger, but the wise man waits and lets it grow cold. He's saying one of the greatest tools that we have for anger management is delay. It's to pause. It's to wait. It's when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in the argument, you say, you know what? We just need to stop real quick. 
that when I get that really, that email that really sets me off, that I don't just hit reply all and just bash that person with my written words so everyone can see me cut them down. Or when you're with a group of people and you feel like you're being attacked and they're making you angry, you don't just whip around and say the first thing that comes to your mind, which you may not really mean. See, folks, we have to delay. We have to wait. We have to process and reflect before we react. And I'm not saying to let it go for months or years or however long it may be, because scripture also makes it so very clear, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because if you do, that anger turns to resentment and that resentment will lead you into sin. But what I am saying is when you find yourself in that heated argument, when you find yourself getting angry or frustrated and you don't know what to do, that you say, I need to stop. I need to pause. I need to put the brakes on. I need to hold. I truly believe this is the biblical basis for God saying, dude, chill out. He's saying, you need to wait. You need to calm down. You need to take it easy. Rest, relax for a minute. Because if you act in this moment, you're going to say and do something that you're going to regret. But give it time. Go to a different room. Go on a walk. Do whatever it takes to clear your head and then come back at it peacefully. See, folks, it's in this time of waiting, it's in this time of reflecting that we need to be asking ourselves three very important questions. The three questions are this. First, why am I angry? What is it that brought me to this moment right here? Why am I so frustrated? Secondly, which is very similar to the first one, is what am I not getting? Obviously, I'm angry because some need or some desire is not being met in my life. What is it that I am looking for to get answered? And third, how do I go about getting it? Am I so interested in my own wants, my own desires, that I am so angry about my own life that I'm not paying attention to what their needs are? Maybe my spouse has had a really rough day, things that I don't know about, and it would really help them if I did take the trash out. I would do the dishes without arguing. See, folks, we have to understand these. These are the keys to really living in a successful relationship, a successful marriage, and a successful life. So we're able to process, to wait, because it's in those moments that we truly can reflect and say, you know what, maybe there's something deeper going on here than I can see. Because there's really three root causes, I feel, to anger. Three root causes. You know what they are? Hurt, frustration, and fear. They're hurt, frustration, and fear. Hurt is either physical or emotional hurt. Because when you're hurt, your natural response is to be angry is to lash out with anger. For instance, if I am taking a nail, I'm hammering it into a piece of wood and I miss that nail and I hit my thumb, I'm not going to grab my thumb and be like, poor thumb. I am so sorry that happened to you. Like, I'm just going to take care of you. It'll never happen again. No, right? As soon as I hit it, what do I do? I start yelling. I start screaming. I start getting angry at my thumb. Then I look at the hammer and I yell and I'm angry at the hammer. Then I drop the hammer and it hits my foot. Then I yell at my foot and I yell at the hammer, grab the hammer, throw it across the room, break the window, yell at the window and realize I have an anger problem. (laughs) See, whenever you get angry, whenever you're hurt, it leads you taking and escalating bigger and bigger and bigger because you can't control it. You feel like you can't control it, but you really can. You choose what to do in that moment, even when you're hurt. Second thing is frustration, that you get angry sometimes and you're frustrated because things aren't going your way. Your plans have been diverted or there's an obstacle in your way. It's like when you're in the carpooling and the car in front of you is going just the speed limit or five miles an hour over it. Those of you who were here last week for Pastor Larry's message, he talked about that, right? And you start honking your horn and flashing your lights, but they're just not responding. So you whip around them and you do that like slow motion glare as you drive by. Then you cut them back off and you're in the lane again. See, when you're frustrated, it causes you to do foolish things. 
It causes you to be angry. It causes you to lash out and it could potentially put your life on the line. The third thing that we see there as well is fear. And fear is when you feel like you're losing control. And fear is when you feel maybe that things aren't going as they should be. That I'm afraid, that I feel isolated, I feel trapped in my life. And fear actually is really closely tied to insecurity as well. When you feel like maybe my voice isn't being heard, my needs aren't being met, nobody cares about me, so I'm just going to kind of shove it all down inside and I'm just angry all the time. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I'm afraid of tomorrow. And so it causes us to lash out in anger. See, folks, this stuff is so important for us to recognize. It's so important for us to understand because maybe, just maybe, when you find yourself yelling at someone, there's a deeper issue than what's on the surface. Maybe they're really hurting. Maybe they're really frustrated. Maybe they're really in pain or they're living in a sense of fear. And the worst thing that we can do is to respond to anger with anger. We need to let love overcome anger. We need to respond in love. We need to respond with a tender heart saying, you know what? I'm going to put my own wants and desires aside for a second and see if maybe there's something that I can do to help. See, folks, this is so important that we recognize this stuff and we try to make amends in this stuff that we can manage our anger, that we can remember that it cost us something and that we can just pause and reflect before we react on it. The fourth and final thing that we see from scripture is this. God says, if you want to tame your temper, you need to learn to release it appropriately. You need to learn to release it appropriately. Ephesians 4.26 says, if you become angry, don't let your anger lead you into sin. See, it's all about how you release it. And the sad fact is that most of us, when we release our anger, when we express our anger, it takes us further away from our goal than closer to it. I read a really interesting article in preparation for this message from Pop Psychology that talked about how to appropriately or in a healthy manner release your anger. And it made me laugh. The prose of this article was this. It said that inside of each and every one of us, there's a bucket and it's called the anger bucket. And as time goes on, things make you angry, things make you upset, things make you sad. You just throw it in this, angry, this anger bucket. And eventually at some point in your life, this bucket gets full or it starts to overflow. And it says the best thing that you can do is to take it and just pour it out on something or someone. That you just take this bucket and you rip up a piece of paper, you scream into a pillow. Or what made me laugh is it says, find someone that you love and respect the most and just yell at them. Just release it to them. And I was thinking... That sounds good in theory, but the problem is is that if I have an anger bucket in my life, odds are there's a factory that's producing it somewhere else. That no matter how many times I empty it, no matter how many times I feel like it's overflowing, as soon as it gets emptied, it's just going to fill back up again. And I can't go about my life just dumping and undumping a bucket over and over and over again because that's not healthy. It's going to ruin relationships. It's going to ruin families. It's going to ruin reputation. There's so much that can happen if I do this. So then how do we do it? How do we release our anger appropriately? Well, once again, I think we go to the world to find answers, but the world gives us three things that I truly think are a lie. It tells us three things to do, which I think are the worst things that we could ever possibly do. It says suppress it, repress it, and then express it. Suppress it, repress it, express it. To suppress it means literally to bottle it up. If you're feeling anger, don't really show it to other people. Bottle it up, push it down inside, be cool, right? But as you go through life, things get shaken up and it's just like a Coke bottle that more anger, the more frustration you try to bottle up, eventually the pressure becomes so big, it just explodes. And you never know when it's going to explode. 
And sometimes it explodes and it ruins the things around you, like the people you love the most. It ruins relationships and it creates devastating damage that is irreparable, that you can't make amends on. So we can't learn to suppress it. Second thing they say is then if you can't suppress it, repress it. To repress it means just to pretend like it doesn't exist to deny it. Be like, nope, I'm not angry. I don't see it. Everything is fine. And you just kind of push it away. But you know what repressed anger is? I think it's depression. It's where you become so sad. You're like, nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares about me. I'm angry at the situation. Nothing's ever going to get done. So you just bottle yourself up. You repress it all. You become super sad. And in that moment, you start to think things and you start to do things that you're going to regret, that you know aren't you that you know aren't the answer, that you know isn't the way that God has created this to be. But you can't help but feel these ways is how you truly feel inside. So we can't repress it. We shouldn't suppress it. And the world says, well, if those two fail, then express it. Be as unleashing and verbal as you can. Create as big of a scene as you can. And let me tell you, every single one of us expresses our anger in different ways. And there's no one way that's more holy than the other, right? For me, for instance, when I get angry and I come to express it, my black belt and sarcasm comes out. My like kung fu tongue just comes out and leaves these little snide remarks. So I'm like, don't worry, it'll hit you later when you get home, right? And like people are like, oh my gosh, he actually said that to me down the road. Or if you're, it's not you, maybe you're like more of a surgeon with your tongue where you're very sharp and you strategically cut people down with your words and with manipulation because you're angry and you want to get even with the other person. Or maybe you're like that person who's quiet and has secluded themselves over here. Or maybe you're the Mount Vesuvius person who's just exploding and creating a scene. But you see, none of these are healthy. None of these are holy. And so the question then becomes, how do we express our anger? If we know that it's okay, if we know that it's something that God has given to us, how do we go about it? And we read it in scripture. God says, don't go to the answers of this world, but instead come to me. He says, if you truly want to tame your temper, learn to confess Learn to confess your anger. Say, God, I'm angry. God, I'm upset. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm mad at this situation. But don't just stop there and say, this is why I'm mad. Process it. Talk it out with God. Surrender it. Give it over to him. Say, God, I don't know why this is happening. God, I don't know why I'm angry, but I pray that you help me through this. See, folks, everything this morning has been about a reprogramming of your mind. It's all about a way that you think. It's about the decisions that you choose to do. Nobody can make you get angry. That's a choice that you leave for yourself. But when we find ourselves in those, mo- in those moments, we need to reflect, we need to pause, we need to remember, we need to manage, and we need to give it to God. You know, Romans 12 too, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world because you know what the behavior and the customs are? Suppression, repression, and expression. Our world teaches us that if you have a problem, That if you're angry, grab a gun, grab a knife, grab a bomb, do whatever it takes to get even, enact violence, enact vengeance at whatever cost it may be. And this is reinforced through the media. It's reinforced through movies. And this is what our students, this is what children are growing up seeing, that the appropriate behavior to anger and frustration is to enact pain on someone else. God says that is not the answer. That is the furthest thing from it. He says, no, instead, be renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be a new creation in Christ. Say, God, today I am choosing to give it to you. 
And I love it. If you keep reading that verse, it says, don't keep surrounding yourself with angry, short-tempered people. See, part of the problem is that once we identify what's making us angry, we're like, sweet, I now know what it is, but we stay in that situation. God's like, no, do whatever it takes to remove yourself. Separate yourself because the longer you stay in this angry situation, the more contagious and addicting it will become. So learn to manage your anger by separating yourself from those triggers, by remembering what it costs you if you get angry, by reflecting before you react and then release it appropriately by confessing it to God. Some of you may be in hurt this morning. Some of you may be experiencing pain or frustration or truly dealing with anger. Maybe you've been hurt physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be, God sees it. God knows it, God understands it, and God wants to help you with it. He says, let me replace your anger, your pain, with my love. Because my love is not easily angered. My love can heal any pain, any hurt, anything that you're going through, but you have to choose to accept it. You have to choose to let go of what you're holding so tightly onto, to release control of your anger, give it to God, and let him truly start to heal you from the inside out. So if you truly want to find a way to break free from your anger this morning, give it to God. Would you pray with me? Father, we are just so grateful for you. Father, for your countenance, for your, your guidance, your wisdom, your provision. Father, it's so sad, but it's true that we often get angry at people that we love the most, the people that we're closest to. Father, it's often because we forget that you're the source of all that we need, not people. Father, I pray that you just help us remember that when we expect anyone else to meet our needs, even our deepest needs, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be angry. And we expect other people to be you in our lives and just give us what we want, Father. I pray that you just help us realize we're setting ourselves up for failure. And that's only going to prolong that anger and make it greater. Lord, I'm confident that there are so many of us this morning who are hurting, who are struggling, who are full of anger. Maybe our buckets feel like that they're overflowing, Father. But Father, I pray that you just help us surrender it to you. Father, that we could just confess that hurt, that frustration, that insecurity, Father, that sadness. Father, whatever it is that is on our hearts that are holding us back from you, I pray that you just help us see and know and taste and experience your hope and your healing this morning. We love you, Father, and we just give you this time. 